All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This is Shug Me and the Mooney, uh, episode 18. Uh, this is Saturday, September 12th, 2020. Uh, we got a few things we're going to talk about. Uh, a bunch of things happened recently. Uh, first, want to talk about uh, Dr. Dre. He's in the middle of this divorce, uh, and it's been going on for like a month in the news. Uh, we're going to dive into that because uh, that's a pretty uh, None of us are married and stuff, but that's a pretty, uh, divorce thing's a little crazy thing. We're also going to talk about recently the Academy Awards, the Oscars. Uh, they have a new, uh, they're going to implement a new requirements that's going to be all about uh, diversity and inclusion. And that's going to start happening now, but then in 2024. So we have a lot of things that are going to come up in the next couple of years. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, podcaster Joe Budden. Uh, in the last couple of days, he had a bunch of uh, controversies pop up, and he came back with it, and he has a response to it. So we're going to talk about that as well. Uh, we're recording on Saturday, September 12th, 2020, and of course, I'm here with Shug. Yes, sir. What are you boys here? And we got Joel. How are you doing, Joel? What's up, everyone? Can't complain. How are you guys? Another week. Another week in the books. Uh, so let's uh, let's jump in right now. Yeah, man. So Dr. Dre, hip hop legend, um, producer, producer and rapper, um, former member of N.W.A., Death Row Rep- Records, and Aftermath Records, uh, creator, or at least his name's on the creation of the Beats pill that he sold. I mean, not the Beats pill, the headphones and the pill. Uh, that he sold to Apple um, for over a billion dollars, something like that. So it became, like, I believe, like, the first hip-hop billionaire. Um, and, you know, with, like Biggie Small said, you know, more money, more problems. So his wife of um, more than 20 years has um, decided she wants an exit from the marriage, but uh, in that exit, she is requesting some. Um, uh, how would you how would you say some uh, expensive things or an expensive life that lifestyle that must be um, subsidized by Dr. Dre um, as a result of their divorce? You can huh? call it an allowance. An allowance. Kind of that would help out her and the kids, you know. I guess that's the word you would use. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, but let's let's talk about some of these things. So, um, what what's her name? Um, Nicole Young. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe she's she's from the Virgin Islands. I think she's she's um one of my people. Um, from an area in the island we call Frenchtown, which is um made up of um creole people you know uh descendants of you know french people so she in her appearance is like white but she's black um but here's the things she's asking for in her divorce settlement uh laundry and cleaning she needs ten thousand dollars a month Clothes, she needs $135,000 a month. Education, um, 
She needs tuition and living expenses. She needs sixty thousand dollars a month. And then here's the the kicker and the incredible one that 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 blew me away when I read it. Entertainment. She needs nine hundred thousand dollars. So one hundred thousand dollars away from a million dollars a month to be entertained. So would you would you, um first of all the 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 thing um that that I forgot to mention is she signed a prenup but apparently Dre um physically ripped it up but I believe like in order to nullify a prenup like you have to go to lawyers and you know I guess like turn that over but I don't know I'm no legal eagle um um, yeah, I don't think you can just crumble it up or eat it or something like that. And it's like, no, and it's like, void, void it, you know? All right, okay. All right, so check this out. All right. All right, so uh, soon to be ex, uh, ex wife of Dr. Dre, uh, her background, she's actually a, a former, you know, she's an American attorney. Uh, so she has a background in like the uh, US courts, civil courts, I'm assuming. She's uh, apparently she's worth her net worth is like 125 million. Uh, so she, you know, she has her own career. She's been successful. You're right. And then, yeah, she identifies as a Afro American. She's from California. Uh, they've been together for a long time. Uh, basically the whole thing with the prenup, uh, Nicole Young, uh, she uh, made a statement. She basically was, um, she basically was saying that Dr. Dre uh, intimidated her uh, and she felt backed against the wall. Um, she said uh, Dr. Dre's like legal team like took care of everything. So she was kind of like, she felt overwhelmed and uh, she thinks the prenup shouldn't, shouldn't um, be, should be, uh, should be ta- uh, nullified uh, because she felt like uh, she was in distress when she signed it. And then the church told me that he ripped it up, so I didn't hear about that. So I don't know, Joel. When you heard about uh, that two almost over a million a month, we'll say. What'd you think about that? That's like always the case. When you when you make that much money, like when you're worth that much money, I should say that's always just gonna happen. It's absurd, but like you really. Like I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be like you know the devil's advocate. Like you gotta compare that to like they really do spend that much money. Millionaires, billionaires really do spend that much money. Now the she deserve it. Obviously, like I feel like that's something she doesn't deserve that much. Honestly, I'm gonna just be straight up. But you know, because the way I see it is um everything she did with Dre, she shouldn't. Well, before they got married, I should say he shouldn't be entitled to like anything or that honestly, the NWA, what have you. But everything that they did when they was married, she does not deserve like 2 million a month. Like that's just crazy for, what was it? 900, almost a million for entertainment. Like Javon mm-hmm. said, like yeah, that's yeah. just insane. Like what is it, what do you possibly need to be entertained? Yeah, Netflix like, only you goes. You can't possibly do for yourself. Like Netflix. Circus Soleil is going to come into the room once a month. going to have like a freaking, uh, uh, you know, Tony Bennett come in your house and entertain you. Again, like, again, I'm speaking as a broke ass. Like, I don't know what billionaires do. Maybe they do extravagant things like just take a trip whenever they can to Mexico whenever they want. 
maybe you do need more than just let's say whatever it is a thousand you know oh. for that trip oh you know i mean they have expensive they they really and their expenses now imagine now their expenses now you know i can understand asking for that much money but it's like it's no way it's two million dollars a month like that's right. just i don't think companies make two million dollars a month like mm-hmm. if they're not billionaire companies you know what i mean i'm just like, saying, mom and pop doesn't even make two million a week I'm just thinking about what, like, you could possibly spend $900,000 a month on entertainment on, like. Well, honestly, like, I could say some rappers probably do that, tipping strippers and all of that. So that's one thing, but. It's like that movie Brewster's Millions where he has to, he has to spend all the money before he wants to inherit it. Uh, but Joel touched on it. Yeah, it's, it's obviously inflated. Like, if it was just an average uh, income couple uh you just magnify that for a, a billionaire and i i like to compare it to other uh let's say like other billionaires like uh the outcome of their divorces uh let's see if other uh former wives uh had a similar uh requests oh i mean like you know i want to preface this by saying it ain't really like uh man woman thing because there have been female wealthy celebrities that's been married to men that make less than them and then when they get divorced they take them to the cleaners like we've seen it recently with mary j blige and then um i might be wrong on this so if i'm wrong and the facts you know you check the facts and i'm wrong i'm wrong but if i'm not mistaken um, John Peters, he was like a hairstylist. Gets married to Barbara Streisand, right? They get divorced. He gets like a shit ton of money. He becomes like one of the most. He uses that money and builds like a movie production. You know, he becomes like this world class like movie producer, off of that. And it's like you know, what do you really do as a wife or a husband that um or how how do you put a price on that or how do you how do you put a um how do you monetize like being a, a wife or a husband and like believe you me like if like somebody if you've been in a relationship with somebody and you've been down for them like i mean you've been down for them like before they got rich before they got famous the second third and then they become that and then they you know become um unfaithful or they become like emotionally or physically abusive, then sure, like fine, like do what you want. I'm not, for all I know, um, because, you know, we've heard from um, Dre's fiance before Nicole uh, Michelle A, who was a, a singer, that, you know, Dre was like a physical, you know, he, he was physically abusive. Um, towards her, you know, who knows? He perhaps he he was towards uh, Nicole, and we'll find out in the proceedings. But you know, back bring it back to like those those requests, like you know, cleaning your clothes is ten thousand dollars a month and nine hundred thousand for entertainment. Like that just that just seems like extravagant. Like I mean, I guess when you because. You know, we said none of us have been married before, so we don't know. But, you know, perhaps 
when you get to that point and you get divorced, you're like, all right, like, you know, I I could wash my own clothes, but nah, like, I, these are expensive clothes. I got to take it to, like, the best cleaners. I got to make, like, every time, like, I change my underwears, I got to get them, like, dry cleaned or some shit. I don't know. It's like, and and like Joel said, you you don't know how rich people live. Because I've heard about rich people who don't wear the same pair of underwear twice, which is something I don't know nothing about. I wish I could, I, I aspire to be to that level. Also, uh, people like this, uh, they have their own staff. So they have like their own payroll and everything. Uh, also, yeah, you mentioned, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you mentioned uh, the whole allegation of being abusive. I'm not sure if it was his uh, previous fiance, but I remember when I was a kid watching like behind the music, they, they focus on that a lot. Like they like push someone like down the stairs or something yeah, like D, that. Yeah, D Brown. D Brown. Yeah. That was uh, somebody I was inter- in- interviewing him. Um, she wasn't involved with him. She was like a reporter and he like slammed her against like a brick wall. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, besides the whole list, the laundry list, and besides the list for the monthly uh, request, uh, the, uh, the money, the, he, she's also um, claiming that uh, Dre's been skipping out on the uh, court dates. And, of course, right now in our situation, uh, a lot of it is Zoom. So he was even skipping out on, like, the Zoom meetings, apparently, the virtual meetings. Uh, so from that, now um, uh, Nicole is, asked, is requesting that Dr. Dre sit down for a 21-hour deposition in person so that's another uh that's another uh another thing that she's uh requesting from the courts. Right. Oh no. This thing just I just read stuff like that. I'm just like I never like if I get rich I just I don't see getting married being something I want to do. But this you know, they did a prenup like they knew this was gonna happen maybe, but it's kinda like but they like the whole prenup thing. But now they're trying to say uh, on both sides that you know, like there was a there was issues with it. So I mean, but that's why I would do something like Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons didn't get married to like Shannon Tweed till like forty years and two adult children after they've been together. Like I'd do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Early eighties and then like twenty. I don't know, less than ten years ago. Is- Marry rich when you're rich. Stop marrying. Yeah, down. yeah, yeah. That's another thing. That's the, that's, that's another thing. Point blank. Stop marrying down. Everybody <laughs> wants to gravitate to like, you know, oh, he could take care of me or she could take care of me. Like, cut it out. Like, marry what you know you're worth. Yeah, I've always said that too. Like, if I was like a celebrity, I'd probably marry another celebrity, but. Oh, no. I don't know. If I'm rich, just if I'm a celebrity, yeah, I'll marry a celebrity. But if just rich, period, if I have money, I'm not famous, none of that, I'm marrying rich. Like, I'm not about to marry down. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of celebrities end up with other celebrities, like actors and actresses. And it's like, because, uh, like, psychologically, too, like, you can relate to them. Yeah, and then they they're like more. Yeah, under- they can relate to their scheduling. Yeah, yeah. a lot of a lot of relate to. 
they, a lot of relationships fall apart because it'd be like a normal person and then you have like a superstar and they're gone all the time. And then of course the, the partner, significant other is kind of like, you know, what about me and everything? And that's what it falls apart. So if people have the same scheduling and they get the same, uh, you know, they they can relate more. So that happens. Yeah, the only thing on is, is the entertainment. Everything else is like it is what it is. But the entertainment, you need almost a million to be entertained. Like you could use some of the other money and like budget it if you're smart. Like whatever you get in for your clothing, like budget that and use that some for your, you know your entertainment. You don't need a whole separate entertainment. But almost a million dollars. All right, but like the last thing I want to say about this is like I'm thinking about her like she's a lawyer, right? So she has a whole and and according to Mike, she's got like a hundred and thirty, a hundred and twenty-five million dollars is her worth or whatever, right? Like if your marriage was so bad and you're so well off and he's so well off and you just want to be out of the marriage for whatever reason, whether that be get tired of each other, the, the, the fire and the relationship ain't there, this, that, and there, whatever. I don't know. I've never been in no, my longest relationship might've been like months. So I don't know about, you know, all of that shit. Um, but if you want to just be out, then just be out. Like, all right, I'm divorcing you. You're divorcing me. All right, let's live our separate lives. Um, let's figure out how we, well, I, I don't think they have, um, I don't know. I, I, I didn't research whether or not they have like young kids or older kids or whatever, whatever. But if they have younger kids, like my children that are like minors, you know, who sees who, when, where they live in, whose house this belongs to, this and the third, like, that's fine. But all this crap about like, oh, like, I'm, I need... X amount of money for my dry clean. I need X amount of money for my living expenses. I need X amount of money. That's my bad. Not to cut you off. Yeah, Keep go ahead, man. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's exactly what you're saying. Is that's why? That's why. Like, I tend to date women with like who have the same ask. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the same things I like. Because let's just say, and I don't try to introduce nothing new at the same time. Not much because you're gonna really get like caught in that like if i'm extravagant i'm spending all this money on these you know dates or whatever the case might have you that's that's like feeding like a guy who likes like big asses that's like send you know sending him to the strip club every day like you gotta you gotta it gotta be a balance so you know obviously with dre and nicole he probably did things with her that no other man in his life could have possibly done she probably dated broke men or men who didn't have as much money as her. All of a sudden, she's with Dre now. Dre can afford all of these extra extravagant stuff. Obviously, he's a producer, rap. He's about around a lot of rappers. You already know how that goes. So she got caught up in that, you know, like just going out and doing all of that. So now, all of a sudden, oh, we're divorcing. I want this. And I want, you know, I want this. I still want this. Even though the, the relationship's not there, I still want this. I still want the money. Yeah. And that's where things just go all over the place. Honestly, and if I'm not mistaken, Joel, me and you went to see Straight Outta Compton, and yeah. if, that, if that movie is true, they met each other on like a video shoot. So, yeah. I mean, so that's what I'm saying. It's like, like she got caught up with the whole lifestyle. Her lifestyle wasn't like that before meeting Dre. So now 
understandable. Again, I'm not blaming her. She fell in love with the lifestyle. It's cool. You deserve, you know, to have your money. Yeah, but, but you, like, got, dude, you, you got, you got, you not that much money. You gotta fall in love with the person, too. Like, I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but well, that's, I'm, that's a whole another story. Uh, like, people but I'm, fall I'm, in love I'm, with what they what they assume. Yeah, that's right. But I'm like, maybe she would have been happier with somebody more of us, you know, somebody also like in law school or some something like that and not like uh, but the law school don't got you know not connected with Tupac and Snoop and all these other you know what I'm saying? That's just I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different lifestyle. Like like I said, I could right now like let's say like I date like or I start talking to like somebody in film or baseball, like some like a reporter. ESPN reporter. I'm gonna be attracted to that lifestyle. Like, oh, you could, you know, you could put me back seat or something, or uh, whatever. On a court side seats. Court, yeah. yeah, you could do that for me. I'm gonna get like eventually like hooked on that. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like. So you could fall you know, in love and, with the li- lifestyle and not the person. Exactly. That's why I tend to not like. You gotta have some type of separation, like when it comes to like, what you see ain't really what it is like that whole perception of even like these celebrities like if just because you see them there every day don't mean they they enjoying it they might be tired of it themselves mm. so maybe dre's just got tired himself like maybe he don't want to go you know to the video shoots anymore obviously jerry's an older man now he's just trying to settle down and maybe Nicole's like, oh, you're getting boring now. That's how it goes. You know yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just. We've seen that. We've it, seen it, that. It, it, back and forth is nobody's fault in relationships sometimes. It's yeah. just like in, in unison. It's like both of you got to sit down and be adults. Yeah. But like other than that, you know, we moving off topic. Like, like all that money is unnecessary. Like seriously. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Next it's, just, it's just weird to like monetize that stuff. Like when you. Like if you you if you you want to break up, just break up. Like I understand, like there are like things like both of you guys like have your name on like the lease or on the car note and this kind of stuff. You know, this kind of third, and you gotta like divvy that up. I mean, and not to mention like I think California is one of them places where like you automatically get half or whatever. Unless you have a prenup, I believe. So it, it it's a whole different thing. My thing is, there's a song, and that song is a lesson that all of us should learn. It's cheaper to keep her. There you go. Also, I was just thinking, uh, maybe the whole two million, uh, well, almost two million a month, maybe that works out better than like a lump sum. Like if she, if like it's just like a lump sum, it's, it's, luc- like it's lucrative. Reason. It's lucrative. Man, listen, like me, if, if I get married, like first and foremost, like I don't want to do none of that legal stuff. Like the type of man I am, even if the relationship don't work, like for whatever reason, like I'll still like hold you down. Like period. If the relationship was that strong, or, or like, I'll still hold you down. We don't gotta go to court. I'd rather have a Bronx marriage. Y'all know what a Bronx marriage is? Just be together, married long, but not married. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm not. Nah, but then, you know, the nah, people, like, that ain't going to work. You got to show some type of, like, you know, 
to some ring eventually. And there got to be a ceremony and all of that. Well, I, I know people. I, I, I know people that I work for. And then, then you got to question how much time they, they, without that ring, they snuck a little bit. They snuck around a little bit. Because that's oh, what I that know. ring proves to some people. That ring proves sometimes. Oh, this means now you definitely can't fool around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what that oh, ring means for some people. For some people, you know, some like whoever has the idea of marriage, it is what it is. That's just, I'm the cynic here. I'm the cynical one. That's how some people view marriage and a ring. Like, oh, that this officially means you can't sneak around. So what about those who don't have a ring? Is that okay for them to sneak around? I'm just saying. I'm the cynical part of me. You make a commitment no matter what, without like a ceremony. Yeah, uh, that's the that's the thing, commitment. Yeah. Okay, so all I know is that if that happened to me now, I'd probably go broke, and I would have to only do like twenty bucks a month, and like, uh, take, and, you know, that would be my budget to give to someone. Twenty bucks, twenty bucks a month. That's all I can do. Uh, I'll buy you like a like a twenty seven dollar MetroGuard. And I give you coupons for Wendy's. That's all I can do. Yeah, you know what I mean. We could share share my um, Starbucks points. We could we could um share my American Eagle points. Uh, Uber, that's what I do. Know, Uber rewards. You got uh, Uber credit. You could get. <laughs> you could get your Sugar Me the Mooney cup. Your Sugar Me the Mooney t-shirts. You could get your Sugar Me the Mooney teacups. We got a warehouse full in Jersey. <laughs> we got to empty them out. Shook me the Mooney um, lunch boxes, thermoses. What else? <laughs> All right. Action figures coming out soon. Yeah. All right. Over the last few years, uh, there's been like sort of like a general movement. Uh, I'm sure everyone has seen the hashtag Oscar So White. Uh, there's also been. Uh, a lot of criticism that female or, uh, you know, woman, women uh, directors and uh, filmmakers haven't been acknowledged or they've been, they haven't had a platform. And so just recently the Academy Award, they, you know, the film, film and motion picture, you know, the Academy Awards, Oscar, uh, they just released a, uh, a new set of requirements that uh, by 2024 they're going to be implemented implemented and every film that comes out needs to meet these requirements to be acknowledged and to be under consideration. So Suge, I ask you, I ask you, uh, how do you feel about this? And do uh, you think it's going to make a big difference? All right. So for the 94th, uh, that's 2022 and the 95th that's 2023 um they have to submit this confidentially um the standards but for the 96th that's 2024 a film has to meet two of four of these standards um, and I guess a long short long and short of it is that you know the Oscars um have not only been um non inclusive to African Americans, also other minorities, also um 
people in the LBGTQ community also, which is extremely forgotten and it's egregious, the disabled community, um, whether it be people on um, with physical disabilities, mental disabilities, people on um, the autism spectrum, people who are deaf, people who are blind, they they haven't they have been underrepresented in the um movie industry. But um you know, I understand where the criticism of this new standard comes from. Um and I'm just gonna ignore like the outright like hate um you know oh like why do we have to include black people like why are you forcing us upon us why do you have to include gay people that are like fuck all those people i don't give a shit about your opinions but there are people who feel that you know this you know could have the same effect as like the rooney rule in nfl the rooney rule if people are not familiar with is a rule um implemented by um former uh, he's no longer with us, Dan Rooney, uh, owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He brought forward to the owners and the commission that every team, um, I believe definitely for coaches, but I also think it's for general manager positions that they have to interview at least one minority candidate. But the issue with that is that even though it's well-meaning, what it does breed is a lot of tokenism where, you know, a lot of teams would bring in somebody just to say they interviewed a a minority. They would um, take somebody from their own staff and what I would hope is like promise them a raise or some kind of promotion, but not, you know, the head coach position. Um, to a minority person, um, you know, or they would bring in and they'd hire a coach to basically um, keep them on for like lean years, you know, the years where they have to tank and get a high draft pick. And then when they start to build that team, they would fire that coach and then hire a white coach in order to you know carry the team to that next level so I understand the danger there but I think the reasoning for this um requirement is the fact that filmmaking in general um it's an industry that's basically stuck in the 1950s like not in the product but definitely in the hiring process because um if you think about how many movies that have been out like blockbusters or like the academy um darlings so to speak that's been out where in the hiring process for a director it's like oh i don't think you know like you you probably have that that um disposition in your head that this isn't a movie you think a black person could direct. So then when you see like all the nominees for best director, they're not, you know, black guys or Hispanic guys or Asian guys or this kind of person, you know, this kind of third or women or gay people or 
you know, people um, with disabilities. Um, screenwriting is not a lot of movies. You know, think of it like famous screenwriters. The first five people that probably come to your mind are probably white. So sometimes um, you you have to like force your hands. If you, if you're not gonna do it on your own, people are gonna make you do it. Are gonna make are gonna do it for you. And if you think of the film industry. Um, it's been around since the late 1800s. So movies have been around for 120 years so um, or so. And it takes until 2020 where people have to tell you, like, yeah, you have to um, hire X amount of people of color, X amount of people from these different um, underrepresented communities. And you know that's that's just my thoughts on it. And I think like the crazy thing is like the the places where I've seen a lot of criticism about it, they show tweets and all the tweets, um, are all like white guys. Like it's not like women. It's not you know black men or women. It's not Hispanic men or women. Or nice. yeah. So it's it's just yeah. Well, it's, 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 if it's if it's positive to them, yeah, right. Yeah. That's positive for them. Also, um, we'll get to Joel in a second, but um, besides all this, like you just mentioned the tweets and everything, uh, of course, it's an industry, of course. You know, most of your audience, like you're neglecting and uh, you got to show respect to them. Uh, And it's also like the marketplace, like, you know, you can't just stay in the past. You have to like, you know, you have to grow, you know, just like the country is growing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's besides just like the, the, the all the details and stuff. You just the very basically you just have to realize and you know realize that you you have this audience that they are not being represented and and then if you give them a platform and then more people uh, like instead of just like a specialty you know like the best foreign language and everything like that if you make this more mainstream more people are going to see these uh, projects and everything and then. In the future, there'll be more filmmakers and uh, people behind the scenes. Uh, they'll feel more comfortable, like they can actually do it now. So that's like the short end for uh, from my point of view. Joel, um, what'd you think about this? Um, listen, it's just it's a good step forward, honestly. Um, like one of our favorite shows that we spoke about on the podcast, P Valley. You know, um, Uncle Clifford. He's like one of you know our favorite characters, and I would like to see you know him nominated, him represented, you know the character. Like I don't know his real name, so pardon me. Like if I don't know if any of you guys know his real name. No, not off the top of my head. But, but yeah, um, you know Uncle Clifford. I would like to see him. You know he he deserves to you know be nominated for his role, and in no way, shape, or form should it he be criticized because, you know, he's a gay man or whatever he considers himself. You know what I mean? He's part of the LGB community. So it would be nice as a step forward because they're including, you know, just not LGBT, but people with disabilities, Black, Hispanics, all of that. And um, also it's a step forward because just in general, just Hollywood in general has been like just inaccurate. Like um, a lot of 
movies based in Egypt where, you know, the cast was white people, like, and you know, there's, you know, Egypt is, you know, in Africa, you know, the history of Egypt, Egypt, Egypt is in Africa. So a lot of the, the skin tone, they weren't white people, pretty much. They weren't even Americans for that matter. Like, I'm pretty sure there's Egyptian actors that could play Egyptian roles, another thing too. So um, this is a good thing, you know, it could be, Hollywood can now be a lot more historically accurate in terms of, you know, uh, casting black actors of black roles, Asian actors of Asian roles, instead of, you know, bringing in a, you know, a white American to play those roles. That's mm. also, you know, a good thing as well. And it goes for like different areas of filmmaking. If like you guys ever have the time, like if you research about like stunt work, like rather than hiring um black stunt men and black stunt women, like there's a lot of um productions that will hire white stunt men and stunt women and have them put on like blackface to do stunts. And this isn't like years ago i'm talking about as recently as like four or five years ago um and it's just incredible to me but like i said i i I don't ever want to be i don't really think overall like forcing or putting quotas on people ever um does well it's always well meaning but it's never like well executed or ever um ends up with the desired result but i feel like with the industry the film industry just the dragging of the feet um it's something that had to be done like like i said they're, they're in the 1950s when it comes to these things like you know how many black film directors producers like if you looked up like the famous black film producers um or you looked up movies and you found like black film producers you'd find like the same name on every like movie instead of like all right there's a multitude of african americans you know, producing movies. And, you know, a lot of people always, you know, the first thing they'll say when they see something like this, they'll be like, well, there's like famous black actors, there's famous Hispanic actors, there's famous gay actors, but it's not just the acting. We're talking about directing, we're talking about producing, we're talking about screenwriting, we're talking about um, people on the crew, all of those things, like, you need representation. It's, it's a closed place. And, like, you know, I'm, I've written um, screenplays. Joel, you've seen it. Mike's written screenplays, stuff like that. I'm a black filmmaker. And one of my fears growing up, aspiring to be a black filmmaker, was, like, I didn't want to get pigeonholed because I've seen, like, John Singleton movies and Spike Lee movies. Both people I respect as filmmakers and John Singleton, rest in peace, and I just, like, I don't want to make hood movies. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mike, you've seen the stuff I've written. Like, my my favorite script that I've written is a Western. So, you know, I hope, like, something like this opens the door for non-white 
male people to like be creative and for their creations to see the light of day on screen at the very least like i'm not talking about just making a movie or or being nominated for oscars i'm just talking about being seen and being heard that's just i i feel like that's something that that positively could come from this Oh yeah, so we talked about Uncle Clifford. Uh, it's Nico Anon. And speaking of P Valley, you think that like um, like the industry is kind of utilizing TV in the past few years to kind of like test it out, like having more uh, more women and more minorities. So they're using kind of like TV as like the before they start doing the films, because TV is very very uh, there's a lot more TV projects going on than film because the film industry is not doing well compared to TV and like streaming uh, series. Do you think like um, with the success of a lot of the TV series that are, have a lot of uh, uh, diversity, you think that that kind of pushed the, the Academy Award uh, board members to uh, implement these? Um, I don't think so. Because at the end of the day, like you look at like the shows that are on TV and all, they're all, you know, like I, like I said um, a little while ago, like it's all the same people, like blackish, grownish, um, uh, mixed-ish, I so think it's a studio. Mi- mixed-ish, um, old, old-ish. Um, it, it's all Kenya Burris. It's the same person. Like, let's see, like Matthew Cherry, um, who won an Oscar um, for his short film um, Hair Love like let's see him do a lot lot, lot more stuff uh, I, I said it the other day on Twitter like I think the other a um, couple weeks ago when Lovecraft Country and P-Valley because P-Valley ended last week but Lovecraft Country and P-Valley they were on together for a little while I was like this is the first time in like a long time I had two predominantly black casted shows to watch I think since like 2008 like I remember in 1997 like WB had a dedicated night to black people UPN had a dedicated night to black people um Fox had like New York undercover and like Martin and Living Single and all that at the same time. Like I'd like to see those type of things come back. Not only that, but like for everybody, like something with Latino people. I mean, we we, we discussed the thing with the underrepresentation of Latin people on TV. Some with Latin people, some with um uh Hispanics, some with Asian people. Like just everybody. Like it should like. People just, um, I don't want to say colorblind because I think colorblind is like a dog whistle term. You shouldn't be colorblind, but. Uh, in college, like 15 years ago, oh, I, I just dated myself, but I learned back then that like colorblind is like, no, that, that that's just uh, doesn't uh, allow people to express themselves and that kind of eliminates diversity because you kind of say, oh, we're all the same. Um, you know, so that's, that, that has changed. You mentioned a lot of shows in the nineties, like the, that they had mm-hmm. dedicated nights. Um, I feel like the nineties had a lot of, like an earlier version of what's going now, but that's a generation ago. So the people that are more like 
our age, like they grew up like that with that. And uh, well, I watched all those shows, and then not until like later on, I realized like, oh, that was like, oh, that was like the Black Knight and stuff like that. I was a big fan of Living Single, like Martin and all that. So more people growing up, like people like me growing up, surrounded by these type of uh, series and uh, artistic um, projects, you'll. It's not gonna be like a stark. The whole like tweets where they get getting response from people are like, this is oh, this is crazy. This is such a. They're implementing these like, oh my god, like a lot of people you know, they're, they're not like shocked by it. Like they're, it's like you're ready for it. Yeah. And I thought it was all white guys. I, I, I'm sorry. That was incorrect. It was white guys and Christy Alley, if her name means anything in this town anymore. She, she was also upset. Yeah, well, she deleted that quickly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's one of those things where you got to read the room. Like, I, I didn't see any, like, you know, any of the people that wanted or, or they want to include complaining about it. But, you know, like I said, I, I, I don't want tokenism to be a result of this. I don't want people just to be hired, just to say you hired somebody of that ilk. I just, like, you know, you get a nice script cool like you read it let's produce it let's make it let's throw all this money towards it all right the writer is asian oh cool we need a director oh director's a black guy oh i need somebody to produce it it's a latino person like that's what you want to come from this and a lot of these things is just like you just need one supporting character or one main lead like is that so hard like hires and die and have a boyfriend be a white man like you like they usually already do yeah don't forget this is the academy award it, this is the oscars it's this isn't that this doesn't mean that every film is going to be like this if you want to be considered so of course there's still going to be productions that don't follow this the two out of four uh requirement you have to have two out of the four that they write and but also like the animated uh, films, they're gonna have their own requirements and consideration. And then like specialty films, they don't they don't have to follow this. So whatever that means. So this is this isn't gonna encourage it. But of course, there are gonna be some uh, productions that are just gonna go as business as usual. Yeah, because as the, you Os- the Oscars is just like a celebration of film. Like you just like you can't celebrate film and not have. Film are, films are a reflection of society, so they have to include everybody. You have to. Nobody's telling you to, but you have to, because we're all here. Joel? All right. Like, it's, like I said, like, back to what you said about P-Valley, like, there's a lot of shows that's like The Shy, for example, Lena Wraith, Black Woman, um, uh, uh, lesbian Atlanta, girl. Yeah, lesbian Atlanta, uh-huh. Donald Glover. Yeah. Uh, there's also, I'm you know I'm missing a you know I'm missing a lot like Power obviously you know Black Hat. So television is I feel like it is moving forward first because there's just especially Netflix and you know shows like that like Netflix shows like these streaming services Hulu, what have you. They're moving you know the step forward because there's just a lot more creativity there to be done 
you know, there's just not much. Like I said, with all of, now that the inclusion with these, um, you know, the LGBT um, qualifications, what have you, pardon me, catch my breath. So all these new qualifications, um, it's like television really, you can't really like, especially on streaming services, you can't block it because it's like really not edited at all. If you think about it, like, like the shy on Showtime, it's like not edited at all. It's raw. You could you will have way more expression on television than movies. So hopefully, you know that's how the Oscars took it. They started seeing these streaming services, Showtime, what have you, um, Hulu. You know, all the streaming services. I'm trying to, I'm thinking of all of them. I'm trying to think of all of them. Like when you well, say, I see the when Oscars. You, when you say not edited, ahead. you mean like not like sanitized. It's just raw expression. Yeah, it's just raw. It's like way more raw. Like power, like you can't, like power, like on, let's say if it was on Fox, it wouldn't be as raw as mm-hmm. it because, you know, it's obviously on, on what is it, HBO. Like things Stars. like that is what I'm saying. Stars, I'm bugging stars but hbo is another one like i said all of these streaming services they all have like way more raw power behind them and obviously they being successful like getting way more streaming uh irishman was released on netflix like you know what i'm saying so like obviously they have the power they have the money to dish out so like i see this hollywood in general just following that realm so i think that's why like they started having these qualifications and like you said mike because, like, again, P-Valley is another show. I don't really see that show, like, on Fox or anything. On, like, one of these, uh, you know, Channel 5, 11, or one of these. That's just my opinion. That's what I think. I think they follow in that realm of the power. Yeah. And we all have – everyone has phones. Uh, you can make a movie on your phone. Even if you're not uh, affluent or anything, <clears throat> you can produce your own um, film. People could see it, and then they get hired to do a bigger production. And this actually happened in, like, the 60s and 70s, the new cinema. So um, instead of it being, like, you know, quiet on the set and these, like, old, old-timey, old uh, like, you know, uh, big productions, like Cecil B. DeMille and all that, mm-hmm. where it was, like, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, big sets and everything. So in the 60s and 70s, equipment got easier to uh, – a lot of young people uh, who were influenced kind of by, like, the, the 60s that were influenced by, like, civil rights, too. And if you notice, a lot of screenplays and a lot of producers, it changed. And you see a lot of women were introduced into the mix. So, like, uh, like my favorite, like, I love, like, John Carpenter. And he had women in the production team, um, you know. And let's see, you know, that, that that's a whole generation made all these influential movies. So who knows what would happen now if people have their own voice and they're in a different um, – like the mainstream people have no idea about this, about this life or this lifestyle. Now you give them the opportunity uh, to create their own, their own project and the voices are going to get out. Hey, Insecure is another one with um, Issa mm-hmm. Rae. That's another great show. Like she has like her own, she has a lot of shows as well. So like I said, like, like movies, like you said, Shug, like you, you really touched like the heart on that one. Like you really went in. Like I'm, I can't even like say what you said, but hopefully, like I said, like it's just more inclusive. Like I said, like historically, my problem is like it's just like with with movies, it's like it's just historically inaccurate. Like I said, a lot of movies, 
based in Egypt, you know, with, with you know, in Africa, they have Americans playing that. It's like, you should have Egyptians play Egyptians. That's just me. But, yeah, you know. And it's like so many, like, classic movies made in, like, the 19, like, 60s back where I love the movie, but it's like, they'd have like the only black person you see in a movie is like a butler or like a bellhop or like some shit like that and it just like kills it for me and you know that's that's you know like 10 years before like my mom was born so i think just going forward if i and i said i said it before um, last week with like Chadwick, where it's like for like my brother and my nephew. I just want them to grow up in a world where they have like a significant shot at things. Like I really, really, Joel, you notice know like growing up, I really wanted to be a movie director. That's that was my dream. That was my goal. But I understood how small the 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 avenue was for me to get to that. Um, even doing it independently and stuff like that, and that's why I'm doing something like this. This is, you know, this is somewhere where, you know, me as a creative, Joel, you was all, you were also a creative, Mike, you were creative as well, and this is somewhere where we got to, you know, flex our muscle a bit, and I'm glad like we get to do this every week. Um, but overall, like the insensitivity for to towards it and like the negativity towards it you know you think about like going back to like when the oscars the first two or three oscar shows because a couple we're, we're only like four or five years away from the hundredth um academy award ceremony like people didn't like want movies with sound they thought that shit was like uh, infringement on their territory or, or like a hindrance to like their art and guess what movies with sound became the norm so hopefully it has that same effect yeah it was like seen as a novelty or like not respected well I watch TCM Turner Classic Movies like all the time and uh, yeah a lot of the movies you'll see like uh, oh uh, have the boy bring the bags like everything and then like you know that was just like what they uh, of, of course society was like like that in america but also people grew up and um they saw that on film and then they accepted that as like truth because you know life imitates art art imitates life uh yeah so also with the um the requirements so basically like 10 years ago they added 10 films were nominated and that was to encourage more films to be seen in the in the in the spotlight now if you think about it like you'll have like five of people from a uh, background so they're going to still be seen but you have like five 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 instead of just being like oh we'll have like you always say like the token that like oh we, this is the movie that we'll bring in for the woman okay now you have like five films that are uh, backed with women because you would always have like uh, dakota i mean you know i forgot her last name but she did like uh knocked up not knocked up um Juno, that's so what basically she was the one who like yeah, Diablo, like, Diablo Cody. Diablo. 
Cody, our double Cody. So they, she was kind of like the one where they would look to him like, all right, this is our alternative female voice. And like, that's all you would hear pretty much. And then you had like a director, you know, so now there's going to be more, uh, a bigger net, I guess you would say. So things are going to be seen, I think. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with seeing more films? You know? Yeah. And this has happened before too. Like if you go back to the old movies, the last thing I'll say about the old movies, people had to change their names. They had like Anglo, you had to change their names to like, uh, you know, like Anglo, Anglo names or like Irish names. But then you look at them, they're like Italian, uh, like Jewish. Like they had to change their name back then, like in the 20s and 30s. So in that change. Like Raquel Welch. Not to cut you off. My bad. Sorry. We talked about that. I think we talked about it recently. Or I talked about that. Rita Hayward, her name was um, Marguerite. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. So, earlier we spoke about Dr. Dre. You know, moving on, the whole hip hop connection. Joe Budden. Since everyone likes to, you know, call him Joe Budden, one hit wonder, Mr. Pump It Up. He has this smear campaign against him. Pump, pump, pump it up. And be alive. Exactly. Uh, something. Got this beer campaign going against them. A couple things. One that's new, actually, and kind of comical is that he likes to masturbate his dogs. That's just, you know, unbelievably comical, kind of disgusting. Real pitiful, if you ask me. But, you know, to each his own, whatever he likes to do with his pets. Another allegation, and this isn't really new you know, with Joe Budden, is that he allegedly drags in Santana, his ex-wife, uh, you know, his loving hip-hop co-star. And then, you know, this is all stemming from his split or his splitting of Spotify mm-hmm. from his podcast, Joe Budden Podcast. And his whole thing, Joe Budden's whole thing is him and Spotify are just not coming up with a... Spotify is not trying to give him what he thinks he deserves for his podcast. Joe Budden has, ever since Joe Budden podcast has been on Spotify, he claims that Spotify's numbers has gone up and that Spotify is using his podcast as gaining a lot more viewers and listeners. Mm-hmm. So all in turn, all in all, that's where the you know, the smear campaign is coming. So I just want to know what you guys think by the smear campaign. Joe Budden in general. Shug, I know you don't really, not a big fan of Joe Budden. So you're saying he said that Spotify became famous off of him? Or they not they famous, but their podcast. Joe Budden's, yeah, their podcast, first, like Joe Budden's podcast is one of the top podcast so he, on spotify he's, so, so he's claiming podcast. that because you know his podcast is one of the top podcasts on spotify mm-hmm. that spotify is using that leverage that okay. his podcast has in order to gain viewers and listeners on, on other you know their other podcasts and okay. in turn he feels that because of that he deserves way more than what Spotify is offering. I don't know the numbers because they, you know, obviously numbers aren't thrown out there, like 10 million or 20, whatever it is, whatever the case might be, he feels Spotify is cutting him cheap because of the success that his podcast has on their platform. 
Right. And, and all number of this ends on September September twenty third of this month. So he's but he's alleging or what he's saying, what he's claiming is that Spotify is just not trying to give him his fair share of the podcast he created. All he's about is like uh just ownership in general. That is Joe Budden Podcast. Joe Budden Podcast has led Spotify, especially their podcast. It's he's the number one top rated podcast on there that Spotify should cut him a better deal. Right. And uh Spotify attracted more uh influential uh podcasters like more recently. Uh Joe Rogan, who who gets like millions of viewers uh on his like you know, he has like four podcasts a week and they all average like 30, 30, 300,000 to all the way up to like, if it's like a Miley Cyrus who we had on the other week, he got like 5 million. Uh, so now he got a big payout. Joe Rogan got a big payout in Spotify. And maybe he wouldn't have went there without the success of like a Joe Budden or the other top ones. Uh, he used the word leverage, which is what I was thinking. Uh, Spotify had their own statement. They said, well, we couldn't come to terms. Um, we couldn't, you know, we, we, based on the marketplace, based on audience, they said it wasn't the, the request, the terms that button wanted, they didn't, uh, didn't reflect that what they thought the marketplace was going to give back to them. But you meant, you mentioned also, uh, ownership. This reminds me of the music industry with Prince. Prince wanted, back in the eighties, he always wanted to own his own masters, the recording. So because he, he wanted a creative control. He wanted to own everything. Uh, and that was with Warner Bros. And when that happened, where he uh, separated from Warner Bros., that's when they changed. And, like, they used a lot of uh, pre-social media. But they they called him, like, kind of like, oh, like, he lost his touch. You know, like, he's independent now. He's he's not popular anymore. He's making these, uh, he's making these things on his own now. And when that started happening, uh, Prince released something that was that he made on his own and it still made like millions and millions of uh, uh dollars it was the most beautiful girl in the world and he proved that you don't need a corporation uh to release something creative and uh, joe buttons obviously thinks that uh, he can go on his own he doesn't need these uh conglomerates which is happening now if you noticed uh, over the few years in the past a lot of podcasters emerged and there were so many outlets for them to create their own content. And now it's, it's kind of like the music industry where I know in film industry where it's getting only like a couple of handful of outlets now. And that means creativity might be stifled. Uh, they might have the representation, less people uh, with diverse uh, voices won't have the, a platform anymore, which is the danger and is what we talked about with uh, the Oscars where this might have an effect like that which I'm just thinking in the long term. Of course, we can just talk about the last week with Joe Budden where, uh, I don't know if it's docs, doc, docking, doxing, but it, the whole thing with the, it was masturbated dog. You pluralized it, no, but it was a uh, masturbated dog. And he's, come on guys, we all do it. And it reminded me of, uh, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking juice in the hood. Mm-hmm. Where like, you're at the barbecue, remember? And he's like, you know when you're really watch it. Down the crack of his ass. I'm just playing, man. I'm kidding. I'm playing with you guys. It felt like that in the clip. And you guys can check out the clip. Uh, it's on Twitter, floating around. And uh, but then when he had his show, um, he had his show on, uh, <laughs> yeah, pluralized it. Um, 
So uh, he did everything. I don't harm animals. And if I have to come on my show every day and say this, I will. I don't harm animals, and I'm not abusive to women, is what he said. And then that was it. He like dropped it, and then he went on with uh, something else. Came up the controversy that, and now now we have now the the controversy. People are saying, oh, now he's he's doing this whole thing with uh, you know, Takashi, you know, whatever, to to like get away from this. So on both sides, right. they think it's controversy or conspiracy. Okay, yeah, so that, yeah, and all, that whole smear that just that brings up the whole smear campaign of him. Well, now, mind you, this was said on the podcast. This isn't like it was said off the podcast. He had an episode where he said what he said about masturbating his dog on his podcast. So they brought that back because of, you know, what he said against Spotify. They brought back that podcast, that specific episode where he said that. And as well as, you know, since Santana randomly coming out of nowhere saying, you know, with the phone. Well, it wasn't a. It was a, a phone call that was allegedly allegedly leaked by someone else. Right. So that's where everything is stemming from the smear campaign. Okay, so just from my understanding, who who's smearing? He who he he's claiming that Spotify is smearing him. No, no in his show, he said no. General. In in his show, he said no. He said not directly. I don't think this is happening. It was. I don't know the actual quote. But uh, Joe Biden said, no, um, I just think it's coincidence. He, the word he used was, uh, no, I don't think it's conspiracy or uh, I think it's um, I think it's just stupid people, is what he said. So take that whatever the way you want. It. Yeah. He just uh, he moved on. Uh, I think things also just happen. Uh, like I said before, like um, the, the, the financial uh, details for that whole deal with Spotify, if they wanted – if either party wanted it to come out, it would come out. You know. Yeah, that's so, another thing. Like, there's no numbers. Yeah, no numbers are out. It's just all like at this point, just like just having an opinion now will get you smeared. That's the whole thing. Like he has Joe Budden has every right to feel how he felt and has every right on his podcast on Spotify to bash Spotify. Like, if anything, that's awesome to me. How are you bashing Spotify on Spotify? Like, he there gets some go. props that that's for me. That's the whole point. Is like, it, like um, he just feels as if they're trying to get his podcast. They're not giving him his share fair. What, again, who knows what that number is? Who knows? But all of this is just leading to the smear campaign. And it's just, I just want to know, like, your opinion, Chuck. And it, it could be comical. It's not, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, what it, all of this is just like, he say, she say. So who feels like they're being wrong here? Is, is Joe Budden feels like Spotify is doing wrong by him? Yeah, Joe Budden feels Spotify is doing wrong by him. Is he upset because they brought in Joe Rogan for, I guess, probably... Nah, that... Or is, is, is it doesn't that is just, that's just part of it. Yeah, that's just part of it. But he didn't say that. That's not what it, he said. He didn't mention anything about Joe Rogan. Yeah, it's but just like, the uh, overall concept that he let's just say he feels his podcast is worth a hundred million. Spotify's probably trying to give him like two. That's just something along those lines. Right. And you say he's like one of the top ones. And they're saying, Spotify is saying that the marketplace 
doesn't justify and his audience doesn't justify the amount of money that he uh, that Joe Budden team wanted from them. Uh, who thought are they they're worth, you know, know your worth. Like they thought they were worth this. And if they didn't come you know, they didn't come to terms. Um, of course financially, um he, he he wanted that payout and he wanted that all the hard work and how also he didn't say this but like critics are saying well he attracted all these other big time podcasters that are going to benefit and he's kind of like shit out of luck but on the other hand he won't be censored and like he won't he'll be more he'll be more freedom and because already with joe rogan of course he's always been controversial because he leans left and right and then depending on his guest and uh he had a lot of guys mostly guys on his show that um got in trouble a lot of the Me Too things going on and like speak out. And if you go on Spotify, those episodes, most of those episodes aren't on. Like you can't rewatch something with, uh, I don't know, I can't come, I can't think of like one of the, someone who got in trouble in the last couple of years. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I don't know. Hearing, hearing um, you guys talk about it, somebody on Twitter said this whole thing is like akin to, um, the smear, this quote unquote smear campaign, it's like, um, you know, on Facebook when people said, you know, all this, all these allegations on Bill Cosby were brought out because he wanted to buy NBC, which I knew was bullshit from like the jump because you could easily, I think, like when that shit came out, like it was right when. Comcast bought Universal and NBC like together and mm-hmm. a simple a simple Google search you could see what the sale was for and then you could Google Bill Cosby's network and it would have been easily debunked and I think that's the same thing here like dude, I, I don't like I we're on Spotify do you think yeah. I, don't, I don't I I've never the reason I got on Spotify wasn't because of Joe Button. I didn't even know Joe Button was on Spotify. So I did. No, I'm uh, not. I'm not discounting. I, I don't listen to podcasts on like Spotify. I just do like you know YouTube and stuff. I didn't really know that there was exclusive podcasts only on Spotify. Um, I get that's coming more and more. And uh, I mentioned where it's less and less outlets. I'm kind of more, you know more outlets okay so let's break it down to this mike did you know he was on spotify no before this i didn't know he was on spotify i didn't know he was on spotify before this joel you knew that he was on spotify before this right so if each of us collectively were worth 33.3 million dollars right Sixty six point six million dollars is telling you he's not worth a hundred million dollars. And I think that's the direction that Spotify is coming from. Yeah, a lot of the, the whole smear campaign, using the quotes, uh it's from people on like social media, uh just stirring the shit. And I mean like it's 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 not yeah. out of it's not out of the realm of possibility. I've seen smear campaigns before, like um, every time somebody left the Boston Red Sox, right, so to say, uh, one of the Boston newspapers is owned by the Red Sox owners, 
also. Or oh, I think like the New York Times owns part part of the Red Sox, and they own in turn own one of those Boston newspapers. So every time like a good player, like as recently as like Mookie Betts, he leaves, they you know shit on him. Manny Ramirez, Theo Epstein, Terry Francona, like there's always like a smear campaign, but there's a paper trail that leads back to Red Sox ownership to kind of like make you know try try to try to take the the weight off of their shoulders as far as you know letting people that mean so much to that city and to that team go. But I think in this situation here, like. You know, Joe Bunn probably did bad shit in his life, and I, that bad shit is starting to like surface. Unfortunately, that's how things happen. Yeah, well, the thing with Bill no, Cosby, I think, I'll... like, my bad, Mike. No, real quick. Uh, also, like, it wasn't Howell Burris like made one joke about it, and then it just went off from there and went viral. And then, you know, it was like early on, Me Too stuff, and then Ed took off. And I think it's all about social media, too, where, uh, like, it was, like, a dirty little secret about Bill Cosby, like, in the industry. Everyone, like, apparently, everyone, when it came out, everyone was saying, oh, I heard stories about him. Now you got social media, and instantly everyone, uh, uh, your dirty laundry is, uh, of course, there's all these extreme ones, too, like the uh, sexual assault is different than just uh, just dirty laundry. So I think social media is always a theme I bring up where it's instantaneous. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of, like, it's a lot of science and stir of shit and might not come from the person it's about directly, but it gets associated with them. And then they just assume it's like from them. So it's a business decision. Yeah. I yeah like the whole, the whole smear campaign thing that he is just comical. Honestly, like I said, they, he said it on the podcast. Like, so like, he said it on the podcast and it just brought it up again. Like I respect the fact that Joe Budden, like nobody and like, it's probably a whole Virgo thing. I don't know, but like, I'll just, just respect his honesty. Yeah. He went on Spotify on Spotify on his podcast and told Spotify what it was. And that's just, again, he's entitled to his opinion, whatever he feels like his podcast is worth. That's him. Whatever Spotify feels like his podcast is worth, that's on them. But one way or another, he has a right to say and feel how he wants to feel and say it on his podcast, on his platform that he owns. So that's why I feel like all of this can, you know, stems from, especially, you know, the, the masturbating of his dog, which is comical. I wouldn't do that. I have a dog who I'm going to walk after, you know, we finish this podcast, I'm going to walk him and literally that's all i'm gonna do i'm not gonna <laughs> masturbate my dog i'm just saying but if he that's what joe budden like to do with his dog is hey you know people have their own affections to their dogs and their animals and their pets whatever i just find it you know comical that after him just stating his opinion on his podcast on spotify that now all of this is coming to light yeah that's just comical to me he said it matter of factly uh, if you listen to the clip, you know, it's like you yeah. guys know, right? When you're masturbating your dog, right? And like that was yeah, even, like, like you really like, enjoyed it. Was it. The lead off. <laughs> it was the lead off into his next bit. Uh, but I heard like I heard a lot of people mention that like in weird stories. Uh, like 
I can't tell if they were joking around, but I've heard stories where people are like, oh yeah, like sometimes you have to do that. Like, if you like, like uh, Mills when making dogs, like dogs that are considered like aggressive, whatever, they're like, oh, if they don't breed, or if they don't have like that, a release in like a week, they're going to be aggressive. And like, but I always think that, I think that was just like the, to uh, haze someone. Like there was, they said to someone and it was like a hazing, uh, hazing thing, but I didn't actually want them to do it. It was just like trying to make them uncomfortable and like haze them. So oh, we got to do the science on that one. I don't know about that. And another sure. thing too, um, him and Charlemagne also had like some words, had jabs back and forth about the whole podcast. And because congratulations to Charlemagne, by the way, because him and a bunch of uh, other podcasters is like, uh, I believe on iHeartRadio, they have a collective podcast called Black Excellence. So congratulations to all of them. I wish I knew off the top of my head all yeah. of, you know, the, the names of the people, but congratulations to them. So him and, uh, you know, what Charlemagne was pretty much saying was that just in general, Joe, as a businessman, like that was just, it's not a good business thing to do, which, you know, again, I agree. Oh, good. Because, you know what I'm saying? Because I wanted to get to that because I don't know how smearing a company you want a hundred million dollars for, I mean, a hundred million dollars from is going to help you get a hundred million dollars from like the next company. Cause nah, then, but that's the, that's the whole thing is like, he's also preaching ownership, owning your own thing. Like after this done, like right now we talking about it right now. Like who, like you just said, you didn't you won't really listen to Joe button podcast. Mike didn't really know where it's at. Even if you don't search for it now, I'm pretty sure if Joe Budden, wherever he does take his podcast, you're going to see it now, just mm-hmm. off the strength of what's happening now. And he'll probably get way more money, will be way more worth than what Spotify will ever give him. That's I mean, another thing I'm, too. I'm, I'm all about ownership, but in order to do that, Joe Budden would have to make his own Spotify. He would have to make his own SoundCloud. He'd have to make his own Apple um podcast he'd have to make his own youtube he'd have to make his own revolt he have to do all of that stuff in order to own his stuff because you need distribution it's one right. thing to own yourself and have it distributed <clears throat> like us like this is all us you know what i'm saying but it's distributed through those same entities minus on revolt but we, you know, we need that stuff to get out. And I mean, when you get on that level and you could create your own clear channel, your own iHeartRadio, your own this and the third, and you could just put out your own stuff out there, then fine. Like, it's all fine and dandy. But, you know, there's there's something and it ain't really so much as being like a company man or towing the company line, but you really can't bite the hand that feeds you. Because I'm pretty sure, like, Joe Budden will find himself on some other, like, platform, but he's not going to get as much money as he's he, he think he's worth. He might even get less than what Spotify was willing to give him, give him because of how he acted. You know, I, I always go back to, like, you know, my, my um, or... I guess the, 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 the role models and this whole thing, Jesus and Mero, like Jesus and Mero were on Vice, right? And 
they did right by Vice, and Vice put them out there, and they did that, right? And then when Showtime came along, Showtime gave them the avenue, a lot more production budget, budget, their own studio, um, this whole new life that they didn't have on Vice. And in kind of like uh, parallel to this, like Vice were the ones that were being like salty. It was like, oh, well, you know, we don't need these as a marrow. We don't need like, you know, them. they could go wherever they go and they're going to, you know, do their thing. We're going to do their thing. And I never... Like I've never put my TV on Vice since, and I used to watch DJ Samero every night. But yeah, you know, Vice is overrated. Yeah, but I mean, you you can't bite that. But but in in not like DJ Samero very um very professional about it. Where the company the company that they left weren't. So until you get that ownership, I think you still have to have a level of professionalism. And for like Joe Bunn yeah, to like go a, on his show to like <clears throat> shit on Spotify just don't make sense to me because it shits on your money you could have got from Spotify and it shits on the money you're going to get from wherever you land on your feet. That's it. It makes no sense to me either. No, nah, I just respect it, period. Like that right there, to say it on their podcast is like gotta respect that that brutal honesty sometimes like that's just what i respect from it but like you said it's just not like i was getting to it with him and charlamagne charlamagne's you know main thing i don't want to say everything he said because but for the most part like it's just like to sum it up charlamagne just feel like felt like that was just wasn't a good business move which i agree 100 percent because like i said uh you know he has the black effect podcast on iHeartRadio radio now so he made an actual good business deal. So now with that good business deal, Charlemagne, you know, he could even be bigger than what he is now. And I respect Charlemagne just as much as I, you know, I respect Joe Budden at the same time. But like the whole uh, just being a bad businessman, like, yeah, that's the biggest problem. And like I said, that just led to the whole reassurance of the him masturbating his dog and the Kunsters one. Like, but every if you go uh, look up Joe's button past, he's always been accused of you know being a, a woman beater or what have you. But this is just on top of you know just happening now after him bashing Spotify. Well, right, and like I said, just in terms of business, like, yeah, I agree. That's just not a good business move at all. If you're gonna bash Spotify, like you like you know, that's just not a good business move. But at the same time, I respect it. He went on there and he bashed Spotify. That was like some some wrestling, thing, like kind of like some wrestling right there. Like he was really like Vince McMahon. I don't care who the boss is. I'm Stone Cold. It is what it is. He had that attitude. And that's the attitude you got to respect. Yeah, but behind the scenes, like Vince McMahon was the one that was like scripting all of that and reap the benefits from it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, I just think of it like this. Listen, like. You say you respect him and you respect the brutal honesty, but you know it's like Chappelle show. When keeping it until we know what the outcome of this is, like it's when keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you mentioned the whole like pro wrestling thing. 
now he maybe he said it once. Now he doesn't have to say it anymore because now he has social media going back at each other. Very Trumpish. Also, iHeart uh, Media in June, early July, they launched something called Black Information. It's like uh, a platform uh, for black voices. That's what that matters. That's like their uh, slogan. iHeart Media, they're terrestrial still too. So in, the, in our area, it's national now, but in New York, it was always KTU, Hot 97. Those are all like available on like Sirius now, and uh, it's but it's still on terrestrial. Can you talk about mastering your dog, masturbating your dog on terrestrial radio? No, but I think I Heart Media is also has their own uh, yeah, podcast platforms. But again, uh, maybe you can uh, you, know, you don't need pigeonholes, uh, you know, because I Heart Media might be just targeting a demographic, but uh, yeah, could be all leveraged to get into iHeart Media, get some uh, get some money, more money from them. Because he's like, he'll probably be the biggest name. Because I'm not sure. Well, High 97's on it. Isn't that like uh, um, Breakfast Club? Power 1051. That's uh, Breakfast Club. Oh, okay. Power 1051 is I think they're on TV. That's on TV. It's on Access TV whenever I'm uh, at my. Because uh, they got uh, Revolt too. It's like Revolt. Yeah, Revolt. Breakfast too. Club. Yeah, so Revolt is owned by Access TV, and Access TV uh, usually has like music stuff on it, but they're branching out, um, and Revolt is fighting under their umbrella. So they have money to spend, and they're uh, creating new avenues for creator content creators. Um, yeah, so it's not just going to be a couple handful of uh, but on the other side, on the other side, I am wary of. Uh, these podcast uh, platforms getting too big and eventually there'll only be like three or four of them and then they can dictate who gets to be heard which is always a fear of you know big companies and I haven't seen that for a long time I'm not a conspiracy guy but a handful of companies running all of entertainment you know I don't know I like think more voices more outlets is better like the wild west it used to be the wild west podcast is a little you know, so many different outlets. So many people were, you know, getting their unique voices out. Then they became uh, super popular because they were being themselves, being original. But now with limited uh, uh, platforms and outlets, they might stifle you, stifle you creatively and they might uh, do demographics now where like uh, only this type of people that they assume will like it, that demo will like this, this demo will like that. And then you like pigeonhole someone into having to cater to a audience instead of being mainstream, just general, which I think is great. Uh, Cause you, you, it's not just like targeting one, one group. Final thoughts, Michael. Okay. So with the, uh, the new Academy award requirements that they're implementing and uh, the goal is 2024, uh, actually in 2016, uh, BAFTA, the British, uh, equivalent. Uh, they started in 2016, and so basically they're they're already like four years ahead of us. Um, so they already started doing that, and a lot of more projects uh, have been released in their uh, their marketplace, and you're going to see how it translates to uh, our marketplace. Jesus uh, and Mero, we mentioned. Um, I'm glad you brought it up. So I want to mention, I actually saw the first episode uh, on their Showtime. Uh, it was because David Letterman and I grew up watching David Letterman and he was really cool with them. He was saying, um, 
they mentioned vice. He was the one who brought up vice. And they're like, oh, we don't want to talk about it. We just had differences. And uh, so Letterman kept, you know, he was always controversial. He was like prodding them and keep talking. And he said NBC were very, uh, uh, they did doing a lot of censorship for him when he first started in the early 80s. And then they just let him like let loose and have his, have their own, have his own creativity on the show. And then he became a huge hit. So he encouraged them to keep going and uh, don't, uh, don't uh, compromise yourself for a, uh, or let's say like a vice. Uh, Dr. Dre, it's a, you know, divorce in Hollywood is always, uh, you always hear stories about this, it's always scandalous. It's just the exuberant, the huge numbers uh, because Dr. Dre is, you know, uh, a very high borderline billionaire now because of the beats and the deal with Apple and everything. So um, I just think it's, it's a, uh, it seems so crazy to us, but uh, in their world, uh, it's just uh, inflated. So, uh, last week, Suge uh, gave a shout out to his uh, barber. I want to do the opposite. So, the one by me I started going to, and they did a great job because I had the whole uh, lockdown hair going on, and then I went there um, and, I had, and I loved it. It was great. And then the last two weeks, I tried to make, make an appointment. They're closed on one day and, you know, on their schedule, they're supposed to be open. Um, I called them again today and I was like, oh, you're open Monday, right? I need to make an appointment, right? And he goes, we're closed Monday now. And then I was like, all right, I guess Tuesday. And then uh, like he abruptly hung up and I'm like, hmm, they did a really good job, in my opinion. Should I, uh, should I keep going there? Yeah, so that's my <laughs> that's my, uh, my whole thing right now that uh, right before we started recording, I got a little heated. I had to calm myself down. Uh, Dr. Dre's new single is coming out. It's called Fucker Legal Team. <laughs> so that's about it. I think um, uh, I think we talked a lot about um, companies and corporations and creators. Again, we always have a theme in our uh, in our episodes. Uh, I think it had to do a lot with uh, creativity and slash financial. Uh, and then we had, of course, the Dr. Dre was a little different. But uh, that was a result of being successful. So we see uh, we see that as going as well. Uh, yeah. Cool. Shout out to one of my uh, shout out to one of my favorite podcasts I watch, uh, Office Hours. Uh, basically, all I watch is podcasts now. And uh, another podcaster came in to my uh, where I work. Very cool guy, uh, Robert Kelly, comedian. I watch his show. Very cool guy. I think a lot of there's a lot of podcasters out there, and they're really down to earth and. They're like my favorite things to watch now over like streaming, over like a streaming service, always podcast now. So I uh, appreciate everyone who listens and uh, I'll pass it off. Uh, pass it off to Joel. Right. Well, my final thoughts on the uh, Dr. Dre divorce is again, I'm not a billionaire. I've never had that much money in my life. Hopefully soon I will see that even more. Speaking so of existence. Yeah, it's exactly. So, but saying that, I, I have no idea how billionaires live. I could only imagine it is expensive. They, like I said, they probably take private jets whenever they feel like. The same way I take a Greyhound to go to Jersey to, you know, Atlantic City, they probably take a Greyhound, uh, a private jet, or they probably take a, a private limo or something, a limo decked out with all types of amenities. Who knows what they billionaires do? to keep themselves entertained. I just know for a fact that 
um, just in any divorce, like if once it gets to the point where it's a money battle, that's just like really annoying. And I hope that, you know, if I ever get married, just me personally, I'm speaking about me personally at this point, like I'm just never going to be that guy that like, like have money problems with like, even if there's a divorce, like I'm just going to hold you down. Let's not do no prenup paperwork and all of that court documented stuff because that's where it gets complicated like we didn't like when we chose to get married we didn't choose to get married and had needed the court to like really document it all other than like to get that marriage certificate we obviously were married in our minds before the court decided that you know like we married so with that being said it's just like I feel like me personally if I was ever a billionaire or that type of money. I'm just not doing none of that um, court work paper. I'm going to marry, you know, my worth. I'm going to, if I'm a billionaire, I'm marrying a billionaire. If I'm a trillionaire, I'm, I'm marrying a trillionaire. That's just how it goes. I'm not the one with all of this back and forth court drama paperwork because then that even that costs money. And then she's going to want to ask for money for that. And it's like, yo, listen, this is going to be annoying now. This is back and forth for money. Now you're, you're, you know, you're bringing my worries in that this is what just like, this is just like women thing or men thing in general, because men love money too. So like, just cut it out. Like, that's just my final thoughts on the whole situation. When it comes to divorcing, it's just like, it doesn't have to be bitter. It doesn't have to get to the point where you're asking for money left and right. Just, you know, just split up and then if you have kids, just raise the kids. You don't have to keep going back and forth. It doesn't have to be a whole media thing about it. That's just, but then again, again, I'm not a billionaire and I'm not a, you know, obviously a celebrity. So maybe they have some leverage in some type of way that is becoming public, who knows? And on the Joe Budden thing, um, you know, like I said, I respect his bold honesty. He could have did it a lot better, obviously. He could have been a lot more less blunt but like me this is just a Virgo then me being a Virgo that's just how I would be if I'm just completely fed up with something and you know what I don't see me being with you anyway if this is a breakup and then I'm going out my way you're not going out I'm not going out shorthandedly I'm going out my way I'm gonna be blunt as possible and it just is what it is that's my whole take on that the smear campaign again I don't masturbate dogs or do anything I'm gonna walk my dog like after this actual He's waiting for me right now just to walk in. And then I'm going to, you know, he's going to go to sleep. I don't got time for He's fixed anyway. He shouldn't be getting horny anyway. Yeah, I was about to say, he's going to be disappointed. Oh, well, let's talk about nah, masturbating. Oh, he's fixed. fixed. All right. Yeah. My man. I, I don't go that far now. I don't pump up. And it's hilarious, too. Like, social media is assholes. Like, they, instead of pump it up, now they're naming it Pump the Pup. <laughs> <laughs> the Weird Al Yankovic. Pump the puck. Pump the puck. That sounds like a uh, dog uh, grooming in the village or something. <laughs> All right, man. Well, just to you know, round third and take this thing home. Um, the Oscars. You know, when I was younger, I did a lot of research in the um negro leagues and i feel like a lot of the greatest baseball players of all time 
or players that never got to wear major league uniforms or when they finally did, they were well past their prime. So um, this thing with the uh, film industry and the academy just be to me requesting that you know a lot of these movies and filmmakers y'all do like the bare minimum like nobody's telling you to like make a you know big budget Medea movie they're just asking you to have one lead character or one um supporting character be someone of an underrepresented um group and I, I think that's something that a lot of in the, a lot of filmmakers and I support about being creative is that you know you 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 know when you're a kid people tell you to use your imagination and people like me people like Mike people like Joel we're the type of people that as we grow older we never abandon that idea we we remained as creative people you know we have thoughts and we have ideas and we don't have things that are, you know, force fed to us and stuff that, and we don't have stuff that's, you know, you know, that's the thing about being creative people. Like you, you have your thoughts and your ideas and, you know, you're basically given an outline on how to write or basically like when you're writing movies now, like it shouldn't be when you create a character, it shouldn't be like, yeah, this is a white man. Like, now this should just be a character that's, that's based on somebody. Like, you know, I'm a big James Bond fan, right? And to me, James Bond, it's to the point. I, I know a lot of people wanted Idris Elba because, um, Idris Elba because um, you know, he's, he's a popular British black man. But it's, the reason why I didn't want him to replace Daniel Craig is because him and Daniel Craig are so close in age. But, you know, reading um James Bond books and the history of James Bond and the research I've done, like James Bond, the only thing that's essential to him is him being a man and being a British man. That's a, him being a man, being a British man in his late 30s. That's it. So anybody could play that black, white, Asian, whatever. As, as long as you're British. So I think that's a mindset a lot of creatives should have when they're writing and, and producing and directing and acting and all that. Like, you know, you have open casting calls now, you know, and I hope that's what comes from it. Um, Joe Budden, you know, I don't have too much more to say about him, but you know, I hope he finds happiness in in whatever he does in the future and uh, his um, work and his podcast. You know, it, it has a platform that reaches the masses as much as where he's at now. And I hope, like, what he said and what he did um, doesn't hurt him in the future. And if he, you know, when when you talk about, like, you know, the... the, the the masturbating of the dogs or whatever, like that's comical, but the stuff about like domestic violence, that's nothing um, funny or something to be joked about. And I hope if that's what he did, uh, he's made amends and he's a far better person 
now. Um, Dr. Dre, you know, I always tell people, I tell my, my friends and my family, like, when I get married, I want to pick, like, I, I want to pick once and I want to pick right. And I feel, and I, I addressed it when we talked about it, where it's like, you know, you're a rich person and, you know, you meet people and they're attracted to your lifestyle, but they're not attracted to you. And when you're rich and you're famous, like you feel like, um, there's a certain type of person you're supposed to be with. And I think like, you know, definitely the route that Joel talked about was like marrying somebody of your worth. You know, that's one idea. But sometimes even with that, it's like, you know, there's a lot of like celebrity marriages where the people are like compatible, but just like the lifestyle breaks them apart. But, you know, that's why I always tell people like, I want to marry, like when I get married, I want to pick right. I want to pick one time and I want to pick right. Like, I don't want to be going through this divorce and all that shit. Like it just seems, um, tenuous and 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 tedious it just it it don't make sense especially when you talk about something like a big time commitment like marriage um but this has been episode 18 of shug me the mooney um check out our youtube channel we have new videos there often we just dropped one the other day where we did our um yeah we we did our um my we we dropped the video version of our cheapest stories so if you want check that out um check out a lot of our other stuff that we have on there we have some um off podcast stuff that we're getting ready to drop that we've shot and stuff we're gonna shoot in the future um but yeah this has been shug me the mooney shug me the mooney shug me the mooney <laughs>